ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. This podcast is recorded on the lands of the Awabakal, Darug and Eora people. It was 2021 and a meeting was being held at the Tower Club in Fort Lauderdale, South Florida, on top of a tall building overlooking the Atlantic and the Miami area. At the head of the table was Dr. Christiane Sanon, a medical doctor and evangelical pastor who was born in Haiti but had lived in Miami for 20 years. Around the table were security experts and financiers. The Tower Club has a dress code, but it's Florida, so it's not too restrictive. Business casual is fine, but this was not a casual business meeting. These men were organising to overthrow the Haitian government. Hang on, we better change the music to something a little bit less casual. Much better. The plan was to remove the sitting Haitian president from power and replace him with Dr. Sanon. Despite the fact that he had no public profile in Haiti, Dr. Sanon was convinced that he had been chosen by God to become the nation's president and bring hope to all Haitians. I will bring hope to them. At first, they were just going to kidnap the guy who's in power. Initially, that was the plot. We're just going to remove him. Now, the plot thickened to assassinating him. But that plot triggered a series of events which led to the almost total collapse of the government and the rise of mob rule in Haiti. Gangs control large parts of Haiti and there is a huge amount of corruption. Today, the country is completely out of control. So much so that a UN-backed peacekeeping force from the East African country of Kenya is about to arrive to try and re-establish order. We support Kenya's vision for a three-part security mission. So who is this Dr. Sanon guy? Why has Haiti descended into chaos? And why is Kenya being sent in to save the day? I'm Matt Bevan, and this is If You're Listening. Now, it's actually not that surprising to hear that there was a plan to overthrow the president of Haiti. It's a job that comes with certain occupational hazards. Haiti has had 43 heads of state since the country gained independence from France in the early 1800s. And of those 43, very few have served their full term and handed over power to someone else without being assassinated or overthrown in a coup. But that trend had been changing. Jovenel Moise became the president of Haiti in 2017. He might have felt a little less concerned about taking the job, since his two predecessors had completed their term and handed over power peacefully. Moise was known as the Banana Man because of his prior career trying to start up banana exports from Haiti. After an extremely contentious election process, he was sworn in. And immediately took on the country's drug traffickers. Haiti is a thoroughfare for cocaine travelling from South America to the United States, which has created a massive gang and corruption problem in the country. 
He began work preparing a list of key drug traffickers to hand over to the US for prosecution. But from 2019, things started to go downhill. There were big protests against his government. Not about the drug crackdown, but a bunch of other stuff. The protests became extremely violent. Dozens were killed. The United States Navy sent a hospital ship to park off the coast to treat the wounded. By May 2021, President Moise had shut down the parliament and was governing by decree, and there had been an unsuccessful coup attempt against him. Things were not going particularly well. This is when Dr. Christian Sanon and his friends saw an opportunity. Dr. Sanon was in his 60s, but he'd been interested in politics for a long time. In 2010, he posted a number of videos up on YouTube where he criticised the Haitian government and offered himself as an alternative leader. Where is the leadership of Haiti? Nowhere to be found. You know why? Because they're corrupt. They held their meeting in Florida and hatched their plan to replace President Moise with Dr. Sanon. They have no hope. But I want to tell them something. There is a hope coming in. Sanon wanted to be president, but a whole host of other people saw that as an opportunity. It was quite a crew. The alleged plotters all had cool code names like The General, J3, Pumba, Whiskey and Mr White. Now it's obvious why Pumba, Dr Sanon, was involved. Obviously everyone sees himself as president and that fellow saw himself as uh, future president of Haiti. This is the US attorney for the Southern District of Florida, Marquenzi Lapointe, himself Asian American. Dr. Sanon was working with a company called CTU. In exchange, once Sanon became president, he would award lucrative contracts to CTU for infrastructure projects in Haiti, uh, the provision of security forces, and the provision of military-type equipment to a Sanon-led Haitian government. Regional drug traffickers also had an interest in President Moise being removed from office, and they were also working with a group of commandos. Those were the hired soldiers from Colombia who travelled to Haiti to carry out the coup. So all these guys started sneaking into Haiti, allegedly armed to the teeth with military gear. But it seems like around this point they realised there was a problem. The problem was that nobody in Haiti had any idea who Dr Christian Sanon was. Also, another small problem, the good doctor was not constitutionally eligible to become the president. Even in Haiti, there are certain requirements in order to be president. Things like citizenship requirement, uh, things like residency requirement, that sort of thing. But they hadn't thought about that when they selected Sanon. The mercenaries demanded that Sanon pay them, they abandoned him, and then they went looking for an alternative, alternative president. But apparently, nobody suggested shutting down the assassination plot. And they went through with it anyway. Four days later, President Moise, his wife and two children were asleep in their residence when they heard gunshots and shouting at one o'clock in the morning. Shots were fired at the president's guards. Drones overhead dropped grenades on them. And they quickly retreated. Inside, President Moise was on his phone calling for help. By the time that help arrived, it was too late. They had breached the bedroom. The 
First Lady was hit by stray bullets. She pretended to be dead while the intruders tortured and killed her husband of 25 years. They ransacked the house, stole his list of drug traffickers, and fled. The following day was total chaos. Across the capital, vigilante mobs grabbed anyone they thought looked suspicious and dragged them to police stations. Dr Christian Sanon was scooped up by the authorities too, but the damage was done. The top levels of the Haitian government were also in chaos. There was no functioning parliament and it was unclear who was in charge. Gang violence exploded. Homicides, violent protests and kidnappings increased massively. And there was a huge amount of corruption with the police often using the gangs and working with the gangs rather than trying to prevent the, the, the gang violence. Rule of law began to collapse in the capital as the public increasingly turned to vigilante justice, lynching or burning suspected gang members alive. Now, what you'd expect to happen at this point is someone would come in and give the government a hand the United Nations, or even the United States. Haiti is on their doorstep, after all. But they didn't come. See, both the UN and the US have been involved in Haiti before and didn't go very well at all. The US invaded Haiti in 1915, occupied it for two decades, and spent that time raiding its resources, leaving it the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. It's seen no improvement since then, despite multiple further interventions by the US. While all of its neighbours have become richer, development has been stalled in Haiti for decades. The average family income is less than a dollar a day. One out of five children dies before the age of five. Only 20% of people have safe drinking water. And the UN's record is just as bad. After the devastating 2010 earthquake in Haiti caused widespread destruction and more than 100,000 deaths across the country... Too many people died. We, we, need, we need help. We need help, international help. The UN came to help. But a terrible disease followed them. This is a cholera treatment centre, one of hundreds. So far, it's killed 3,500. Some also blame the UN peacekeepers for bringing the disease. Turns out they had. Sick UN peacekeepers had brought it in from Nepal. The international aid effort didn't just bring cholera, it also brought sex predators. There were serious allegations about sexual exploitation, including of children, by workers from the charity Oxfam. People are absolutely stunned to see that this has been going on two, three decades. This is not Oxfam. This is the entire industry. So this is where things stand right now. Gangs roam the streets. The president is dead, and it's too dangerous to hold an election to replace him. Haiti has fallen into chaos. The UN's reputation in Haiti is mud. The US's isn't much better. After all, a bunch of Florida men allegedly just killed Haiti's president. But America wants to help. First, Joe Biden tried to get Canada involved, given they at least have a decent number of French speakers, but the government said no. So, who? Someone nearby? Someone who speaks French? Someone with a lot of resources? Someone experienced with fighting drug gangs? Or how about someone with absolutely none of those qualifications, like Kenya? (music) 
Kenya is not that much better off economically than Haiti. Its capital, Nairobi, is closer to Tokyo and Melbourne than it is to Haiti. It doesn't seem to make any sense. But when you take a look at their relationship with the United States, it starts to. You see, Kenya has a terrorism problem. The question being asked here now is how many more of these attacks must Kenya expect to endure? Terrorists from the Al-Shabaab group have been carrying out periodic attacks in Kenya for years, and the country has struggled to fight back on its own. So they've been looking for help from America, you know, the, the guys with the drones. The United States conducted over 60 airstrikes against Al-Shabaab safe havens and assets last year. Then, last month, the US Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin arrived in Nairobi to sign a deal providing US training, financial assistance and equipment to the Kenyan armed forces. We're grateful to Kenya for its leadership in tackling security challenges in the region and around the world. In the press conference, the secretary hinted that this may involve a little bit of a quid pro quo. And I also thank the secretary today for Kenya's willingness to consider leading a multinational security support mission in Haiti. He also explained how exactly Kenya would be getting there. The United States stands ready to support that mission by providing robust financial and logistical assistance. So we'll give you a free ride, basically, to do this thing we would very much like you to do. The president of Kenya agreed. The deployment of a multinational security support mission to Haiti as part of a holistic multilateral response to the challenges faced by the nation. And the UN Security Council approved it. They even had the implicit support of Russia and China who chose not to veto the resolution. Kenya's mission, now they have chosen to accept it, is to send a thousand police officers into the Haitian capital and try and take back control from the gangs. There is some concern in Haiti and among human rights groups around the world that Kenyan police don't have the greatest record. But the Haitian government isn't worried and they're keenly awaiting the Kenyans' arrival. You might be wondering what happened to Pumba, Mr White, the general and the rest of the A-team. Well, most of the judicial proceedings are taking place in the US because Haiti doesn't have a particularly functional court system at the moment. One, codenamed Whiskey, has pleaded guilty to a conspiracy to kill President Moise and has been sentenced to life in prison. Pumba, otherwise known as Dr. Christian Sanon, has not become the president of Haiti. He was arrested soon after the assassination by Haitian police and is now in jail awaiting trial alongside his alleged co-conspirators. There's some debate about what role Dr. Sanon played. His charge sheet is short, primarily connected with importing equipment into Haiti. Some media outlets are calling him a mastermind, but having looked at the whole story... I think that mastermind might be said with a bit of a sarcastic tone. If You're Listening is written by me, Matt Bevan. Series producer is Yasmin Parry. Now, as we were finishing this episode off, a big thing started happening in the Middle East, as I'm sure you've noticed. The Arab-Israeli conflict is one of those things where there's a dozen books written about every single event and it kind of feels too complicated to catch up on. So we're going to do it together. Next week, the unlikely story of the man who started the Palestinian militant group Hamas. That's coming up on If You're Listening. 
You can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube and iView. I'll see you next week. Thank you.